Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Baptist Church. Welcome to summer. I don't know what happened to our cold winter weather. Welcome to summer. And everybody, hey, it is a great day to praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. It's a great day to praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Please stand with us. Let's sing together.
praising him for the beautiful weather we have in Southern California. Amen. How many saw that uh, some places in New York have 73 <laughs> inches of snow? That's more inches than I am tall <laughs> by a considerable amount. Oh, man, we've got it made right here. I don't want to hear griping or complaining. Well, it's kind of chilly this morning. It's going to be 75 a little bit later on, probably. And you know what? Even if it's not, praise the Lord. What a beautiful day to worship him. So let's bow our heads and worship him together, shall we? Our Father in heaven, we bow in your presence, just amazed at your goodness to us, amazed at your provision, amazed at how wonderful we have it in so many different ways, not only physically, but spiritually, emotionally. Mentally, most of all, Lord, we get to know the God who created all of this and loves us. And Father, we thank you for that. We pray that uh, you would bless this service. God, pray that you would receive our honor and our praise, and, our, and we would give all glory to you for all good things you do for us. We pray it in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being here today. If you're watching uh, live streaming by way of YouTube or Facebook. Welcome to First Baptist Church of Coronado. If you're here, uh, thank you for being in, in the house here, in God's house. And a couple of things I want to do. We've got, I think we've uh, talked to uh, two or three of the people that are going to be baptized a little bit later on. If you have not yet gotten your shirt, please go to my office in the back, uh, right straight back and get the shirt and get ready to get baptized at the end of the service. My wife will meet you right back there. Do we, does everybody have it? Okay, we're good. All right, very good. Let me give you a couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, military meal today, right after the services on the patio, you're invited. We also have middle school meeting right now. So if you're in the 6th, 7th, 8th, I think grade, maybe ninth. I'm not sure about that, uh, you can go ahead and go to the middle school class out on the patio. Uh, they had a backwards meal last night. That's the kind where you start with dessert and work your way backward to the hors d'oeuvres. Meanwhile, there were about 20 of us that were out partying at Mission AMC watching The Chosen. I'll tell you what, I'm hungover just, just, from, just from being out late last night. So, But it was great, and uh, we had a great time, and so glad for all of you who could make it. Check our bulletin for Bible studies held this week. We have a uh, special week because Thursday is our Thanksgiving uh, observance in the United States of America. Every day should be a day of Thanksgiving, right? Every single day should be. But Thursday is set aside as official holiday uh, Thanksgiving Day. If you are uh, in military and you are here because you can't go home and can't go on duty, and you, I mean, you have duty perhaps, but you can't go back wherever, would you please see Ryan? We're going to try to put together something uh, depending on what the need is uh, for Thursday, so for the military. So check with him on that, and we'll see what we can do. Then also want to mention, uh, next Sunday we'll be preaching on the apostle, arm of the Lord, and author as we continue to go into the titles of Almighty God in the New Testament. The youth project for the middle schoolers and also for the Monday night uh, young life that meets here, uh, is going to involve about $5,000 worth of fixing the patio up for them to make it look more youth-oriented. We're going to put some uh, different curtains around so you can see the screen because when the sun hits the white curtain right now, it kind of bleeds out. The, you can't see the TV. So we're going to be doing that uh, and then do some other decorating to make it look like a youth, youth department. So if you could help, about $5,000 is what it's going to cost. 
AB 506 training, that's our child abuse prevention class that all churches, all organizations are going to be required to go through. Uh, the good news is this. Uh, when we checked with our insurance company this last week, they said the First Baptist Church Coronado is already way ahead of most of the churches in people having taken the class. So uh, for all of you who've taken the class, thank you so much. For, it's, not a, it's not hard. It's very good. It's very informative. It's important. We want to protect our young people. So uh, if you have not yet attended, please do so. The, that's the good news. We're, we're doing well. We're on target. The, the not so good news is we need more people uh, with our young people. We, we've got, we're mandated to have uh, two mandated reporters in each class. So we need additional teachers uh, or, or someone who will be in the class to help out. If you don't feel like you can be a, a teacher, that's not maybe your gift. If you just love on kids. Now, if you hate kids, please don't volunteer. <laughs> you know, if you're just like, I can't stand those little things, you know, those little devils. <laughs> don't even, don't even say, you can just stay where you are. But otherwise, if you could help out even once or twice a month, it would be incredibly, incredibly helpful. So uh, that's my little, uh, I want to say that. Also, thank you to those who donated needy, needed baby items to Silent Voices. I don't know who you are, but God knows who you are, and they know who you are, and they just really appreciate you putting them first. If you are a first-time guest at First Baptist Church, maybe, maybe you came years ago, but this is your first time in a long time, or maybe this is your first time ever, a friend invited you, or you just walked by or drove by, and saw the church. We're so honored to have you here. You're important to us. You are a VIP, very important person. Please do us a favor, fill out one of these cards. On the back, you have a place for prayer requests and also for uh, questions you might have, anything like that that we can help with. If you want to know more about receiving Christ as your Savior, or if you want to know about becoming a member or getting baptized, we're going to baptize you in the service. You'll be able to see what we do. Um, go ahead and indicate that on this. And then what do you do with it once you fill it out? Uh, to the left of the double doors, as you leave, there's a box on a, on a stand, and that's where we put, our members put tithes and offerings in, but as a first-time guest, just put your, uh, your connection card in there, and we'll have a record of your visit, and we'll be able to answer your questions to the glory of God. So thank you so much for being here. Let's go ahead and stand as we continue to worship the Lord.
discussing on the way over here uh, from home this morning, Pat and I were discussing the state that this world is in, the mess that this world's in, and some of the news items that uh, you'll hear of a little bit later today if you haven't heard. Um, and I thought, you know what, one of these days, it's all going to be over, all that stuff is going to be over. And, uh, I, you know, poor us, all we have is God. All we have is Jesus Christ. All we have is eternal life. Amen. All we have is forever and ever without sin, without problems, without heartaches, without any more death, without any more sorrow, sadness of any kind. So we are blessed uh, above all people and thankful to God for what he provides for us. So if, you, if all you have is Christ, you are rich indeed, my friend. Amen. Would you be seated and turn to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation 3 and boys and girls, Come on down. Boys and girls, First Baptist Church, come on down. I want to talk to you just for a minute about something that's happening this week at First Baptist Church and at your home probably and your neighbor's house and your other neighbor's house and the one that lives in front of you, the one that lives in the back end, one that lives on one side, one on the other, and probably the one that lives upstairs. It's going to be happening all over the place. But when I was a little boy a long, 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 long time ago, in a land far, 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 far away from California. My mom, my mom taught me some very good lessons about life. And one of my favorite lessons she taught me was about two magic words. How many of you like magic? Anybody like magic? Ellie like magic? Tommy, you like magic? Do you like magic? You do? I love magic. I like magic. And it's just an illusion. It's just a trick most of the time. But my mama taught me two magic words. And so when I learned those two magic words, it, it changed my whole outlook about things. And the two magic, does anybody know what the two magic words are? Anybody? You want to take a guess? It's kind of tricky. What do you think? Oh my goodness. Please and thank you. That's the two magic words, except that's actually three magic words. So please and thanks is the only way I could figure it into two magic words. But, but that's exactly, exactly, exactly right. So when someone gives us something that's nice or when someone does something for us that's nice, we're supposed to, or we're asking for something, we should say please, right? So if you want a, something that you need for school, you should say to your mom or your dad, would you please get that for me because I need that for school? And, and then when they give it to you, what do you say? That's right. You say thank you. And so those are the magic words, please and thank you. And, and so what happened a, a long time ago, even longer ago than when I was a little boy, was that the pilgrims came to America, and they came on this continent. It was before it was a, a United States of America, and they were, a lot of them died. They got sick, and it was cold. They probably had 73 inches of snow, and they, they didn't know what they were going to do. And some Native Americans, who we used to call Indians, but they're Native Americans, came and brought them some food, and they had a meal together. And that was the first Thanksgiving that we had in this new world. And so ever since then, now it's been a national holiday for a long, long time. And you know what it is? It's a day when we can say to God, thank you, God for all the blessings you give to us. Thank you that we have the food we have. Thank you that we have a place to live. Thank you that we have people who love us and care for us. And just thank God for all the good things he's done. And when you sit down to the table, if you have turkey and cranberry sauce and pumpkin pie and pecan pie and shall we be dismissed. Uh, <laughs> when you have all of that, 
be sure to say thank you to mom or dad or grandma or granddad or your aunt or your uncle, whoever made it for you. So magic words, please, and thank you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for being such a great God and giving us so many blessings. God, thank you for every one of these girls and boys that are up here. Thank you for giving them to their mom and dad. Thank you for giving them to First Baptist Church. God, we pray that you would help them to love you and to serve you and to know you all their lives. God, we, we thank you for the blessings that you're going to give us on Thursday, but it's not just on Thanksgiving Day. It's every single day. So please continue to bless us, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, to help you, wait a minute, don't go anywhere. To help you celebrate, we're going to give you your very own Thanksgiving decorations. So be sure to get one of these from Michelle, and you can take those home. And every Thanksgiving day, you can hang them up. You can put them in your room. You can put it in the kitchen. You can put them in the dining room, wherever you want to. You got your very, very, very own. All right. As soon as you get your pumpkin, go ahead and go to class. Let's give him a hand. <clears throat> Tommy, way to go there. <clears throat> Magic words. All right. Very good. Thank you so much. Did we have enough? We did. Okay. Well, good. Good, good, good. Last week, I began referencing titles used of God in the New Testament, and I preached the message on Adam, the last Adam, and on Advocate and Almighty and Alpha and Omega. Uh, so today I continue with Amen, Angel of Jehovah, and Anointed. So on the way home, <laughs> last Sunday, Pat says, I noticed you started with the letter A. How many messages are you going to have in this series? I said, well, I have no idea, but there are 26 letters in the alphabet, so we'll see how it goes. She responded with a rather nervous laugh. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll finish the series before Jesus comes back again. But if we don't, hey, I'm okay with that, whatever. So let's start with the amen. Start what we usually end with. We usually end with saying amen. We're going to start with amen. That's one of the titles of the Lord Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. Boy, this is the time uh, of testing and trial and tribulation. This is the time when the, just prior to when the churches are taken out. Uh, of this mess that's going to happen. It's called the Great Tribulation. And so we have Jesus speaking in his resurrected uh, form, of course, and he says, write this to the angel, uh, messenger or pastor of the church in Laodicea. Now, let me stop right there just for a minute. Uh, the, the word angel, as we'll find out in just a minute, means messenger or pastor. So I, I just want you to understand, when you address me, you need to be saying angel, sir, uh, <laughs> to the messenger or the pastor of the church in Laodicea. Now, Laodicea is located in Asia Minor, close to uh, the church at Philadelphia and Colossa. Uh, there were several, several, seven churches right in that Asia Minor area. And by the way, um, Laodicea was destroyed by an earthquake in 62 AD. Uh, and I don't know if it's connected to the problem they were having in the church in Laodicea, but it might possibly have been. Uh, and, this, and he says, this is the message from the one who is the amen. Jesus referring to himself. This is the message from the one who is the amen, the faithful and true witness. Now, it means faithful here is worthy of our trust and confidence, and true witness means genuine messenger. Jesus not only says the truth, but you know this, right? Jesus is the truth. 
He is the way, the truth, and the life. And then he goes ahead and he says, the beginning of God's new creation, the head of the cause of God's sum total of all that's been created. So true here, he is the true witness, is alethenos, which, which is... Uh, means perfectly realizing all that's comprehended in the name witness. And there were three things necessary to be a true witness in this sense, to use this word, to first of all, seeing with his own eyes. So he was a, it was, this is not hearsay. He's not operating on hearsay basis. You can't go into a court of law uh, and, and present hearsay uh, generally. And so here he said he was an eyewitness. Secondly, competent to relate it to others. He certainly is. And thirdly, be willing to do so faithfully. And Christ met all these conditions. So this title, Amen, is a title of Jesus with whom we're familiar. The name of Jesus is the most often used one in the New Testament. So a lot of times we close a prayer like we did today uh, already one time, well, twice already. <clears throat> we say the prayer and then we say Amen. So what does that mean? Jesus taught that in what we call the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. As he said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said the whole uh, the template that he, they were going to use to be able to pray. And then he closed it with the word, amen. So it's not uncommon uh, when people pray to say amen. Generally, that's how we know how to end a prayer. Secondly, it's not uncommon to hear saved people or unsaved people, for that matter, say amen when they are agreeing with something you're, you've said. I've had several of the uh, officers that I've written with at different times who said, I saw say something and they'll say amen. And not necessarily in a religious context, but uh, said, yeah, that's right. So it's, it's like some of us, Bo, from the 60s or 70s who said, right on. <laughs> right on, bro. <clears throat> right Hang loose. All right. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> but there is a theological definition to the word amen. Amen is a transliterated word. What does that mean? It's not translated like from one language to another. There wasn't a, a word uh, that, that was the equivalent of the Hebrew. So it was transliterated from the Hebrew, and it means to be firm, steady, trustworthy, and it's rendered as truth. Uh, and in Isaiah 65 and Jeremiah 11, it is so be it. So when we, we say something, an affirmation of some kind, we say, amen, so be it. Yeah, let it, let it be that way. Uh, in the New Testament, it's translated uh, into the verily, verily. Jesus said, oftentimes, verily, verily, I say unto you, truly, truly, I say unto you. So it's, it's the word that's translated in other places, amen. It's important to note that this is a self-descriptive title that Christ is saying in Revelation 3.14 of himself. This is what the great amen says. So God inspired <clears throat> amen to be a title for his son because he is the truth. Uh, the word amen is used over 80 times in scripture as an interjection, an expression, a ratification of approval, uh, but only once as a title for Jesus Christ. The amen is a title of Jesus Understood to be, Jesus is the ultimate statement of affirmation and fulfillment to his people. Let me say that again. Jesus is the ultimate statement of affirmation and fulfillment to his people. Look, if Christ says something, you can bank on that. If God says something, it is absolutely true. You don't have to, <clears throat> maybe early on in your faith, you might say, I wonder if that really is. But when God proves himself to you, enough times, you get to the point where even if you don't understand how something's going to happen, it's going to be all right one day. How can, 
preacher, how can it possibly be okay one day? You don't know the dynamic in our family. You don't know some of the problems. You don't know uh, what's, how can it possibly be? I accept that it's going to be all right one day, completely okay one day, because I have absolute confidence in the ultimate expression uh, of affirmation and fulfillment to God's people through Christ. He's going to meet all our needs one day. So Jesus' trustworthiness is a sharp contrast to the unfaithfulness of Christians in the church at Laodicea. How many of you have studied, maybe done a study of the seven churches uh, in Revelation? Let me see your hand. David, you've done that, haven't you, over here? I think we've done it here. Um, so you talk about, and there are several interpretations as to what these seven churches mean. Some people believe that in every given age, there are, there are some churches that are representative of the seven churches. Some of them uh, are affirmed. Some of them are rebuked. Laodicea uh, falls in the latter category. Some believe that these are church ages, and there's a progression here, or rather a digression, I guess, uh, actually. <clears throat> so it ends up with the church of Laodicea. And he says, I know your works, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were hot or cold, Jesus said. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. I like my soup hot. I like it when it's boiling in the pot. My wife doesn't like her soup hot. She likes it warm, uh, but I like it hot. I went to a restaurant one time. They said, would you like some cold whatever soup? I said, absolutely not. What do you think, I'm nuts? I like cold soup. If I want some cold, I'd get some sweet iced tea. I'm not going to have cold soup. Uh, so here God is saying, and, and he's agreeing, with, by the way, with what I say. Because you're not hot or cold, it must be out of my mouth. And would that you were one or the other. Because you say, and notice, notice this, because you, you say you're rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing, and you know not that you are actually wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you, God says, through Jesus Christ, to buy of me gold tried in fire, that you might be rich and white raiment, that you might be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness does not appear, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. <clears throat> Laodicea was not a church that was doing things for God. They were not on fire for the Lord. They were not hot. They were not cold. They were lukewarm, half in, half out. Folks, I wish we'd understand that trying to be a lukewarm Christian it's like getting one foot on the plane and one foot on the ground. It's not going to work. You're either going to be in or you're going to be out. <clears throat> we're going we're to be baptizing a little bit later on in this service, <clears throat> Lord willing. And, and we've talked to the people who are going to be baptized. And the idea is uh, that, that we either need to be in or out. We need to, we need to commit. And when we say uh, we're, we're buried with him by baptism and we rise to walk in a new life, it means uh, life doesn't just go on the same old, same old way. We change by the glory of God, with the help of God. This is, this is like, a, this is the Rubicon. This is a place where we, we make a change. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I've had a couple of places like that in my life where uh, some things just kind of were resolved because I got to a, a, a pinnacle, a, a point where I, I said, I'm either going to go forward or I'm going to go backward. I, I, I can't stay right where I am. And when I surrendered my life to ministry, that took care of a whole bunch of things that I was involved in up to that point. Did that happen with you, Bo? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and it should have happened to all of us, right? When we, when we came to Christ, all of a sudden, old things were passed away. All things become new. And we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. 
that part of us that was dead, and we had the physical part, it was alive. We had the mind, the will and emotion, that's the life consciousness part, that was alive. But our spirit was dead until the Holy Spirit came in and, and created in us new life, and, and we were born again by grace through faith. So, so when that happened, now we're a new creature. We're a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things become new. We should, I, I, God help us never to be a Laodicean church at First Baptist Church. God keep us from that. Uh, let us be faithful. <clears throat> Adrian Rogers, a late preacher, incredible pastor, said, I'm amazed at how much the church did with so little in the past and how little the church does with so much in the present. You know what? That's a true statement. Jesus is the great amen, the wonderful amen whom God the Father sealed, salvation brought to sons of men, and love divine revealed. Okay, the amen. Second title that we'll talk about today is the angel of Jehovah. This might be something new that some of you will learn today. I'm not sure. In Genesis chapter 16, verse 6 through 11, Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, your maid, that is Hagar, is in your hand. Do to her as it pleases you. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. Now notice verse 7. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain on the way of Shur. And he said to Hagar, Sarai's maid, where did you come from and where are you going? And she said, I'm fleeing. I'm running away from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord, second time it's mentioned there, said unto her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hands. In verse 10, for the third time, uh, this, he says, the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply your seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for the multitude. And in verse 11, for the fourth time in this passage, the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, your with child shall bear a son and shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. Okay, why would I reference the book of Genesis when we're talking about the names of Christ in the New Testament? Uh, again, angel means messenger, and, uh, and this messenger showed up to talk to Hagar and, and was asking her question four times revealed as the angel of the Lord. Now, we know the name of two angels in Scripture. What are they? Michael and Gabriel. We know the two. We don't know if any of the others, you know, Fred, uh, Alfred, uh, you know, Max. I, I don't know who the other angels were, but... Uh, but I thought it was interesting, the evangelists, what's the, what's the middle phrase there, evangelist, that, that literally is talking about being messengers of the gospel. Many times the point is here, the angel of the Old Testament was pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Pre-incarnate, before he took upon himself the baby's body in the womb of the Virgin Mary, Jesus existed, you know that, right? Because he's co-equal with God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. All three of the Godhead have existed forever before there was time. And so before he became uh, infused with that body in the virgin's womb, he was still existed and he would appear oftentimes. And we believe, uh, many theologians believe, and I believe that this angel of the Lord was Jesus pre-incarnate. Why Jesus was the only member of the Godhead that inhabits human flesh. He's the only visible person. You don't see God the Father. You don't see God the Holy Spirit. 
but you see Jesus Christ. In fact, Colossians says he's the image of the invisible God, and in Hebrews 1, 10, 3, he's the exact replication of the Father's nature. So the conclusion is, any appearances of God in the Old Testament, like when he appeared to Joshua, you remember, and, 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 and Joshua said, are you a friend or foe? And he said he was the captain of the Lord of hosts and so on. I believe that was Jesus Christ in his pre-incarnate uh, form. And so the, the, the title angel of the Lord doesn't appear anymore in the New Testament after Jesus' resurrection. Did you realize that? So never again do you read about the angel of the Lord after Jesus was resurrected. So Jesus, we believe, is the angel, the sent one or the messenger of God to the angels or the pastors of the seven churches of Asia Minor. Now, Romans 8, 3 says, for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son, dispatching his own son, in other words, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Galatians 4, 4 says, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. So in theology, uh, when, when you see a pre-incarnate appearance of the son of God, it's called a theophany, a theophany, the theo. The, the God, reference to God and God appearing, it is the theophany. In Genesis chapter 16, uh, that's, that's exactly what we see, a deity in angel form. In this passage, uh, in, in Isaiah 63, 7 through 11, we find three members of the Godhead, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's the angel of his presence doth lead God's children on till through his loving guidance we stand before the throne. So it's the angel of the Lord. So you have the amen. You have him being the angel of the Lord. And thirdly, he is the anointed. He is the anointed. In Psalm 2, 2, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. So the rulers of this world, whether they realize it or not, are against Jehovah God and they're also against his anointed. His anointed, earthly kings, align themselves in that way. Uh, the Hebrew word Messiah that they were looking forward to throughout the, the whole Old Testament, the word means anointed. And the New Testament word for that is Christ. So remember we said Jesus doesn't have a first and last name. Uh, Jesus Christ, is not, it's not Jesus' first name, uh, second name, Christ. It's Jesus the anointed, the anointed one. And, and what do we get the idea anointed from? In Leviticus, it talks, in Genesis, it talks about pouring oil or ointment onto a person or to an object in a ritualistic fashion. So when they created the tabernacle, they anointed um, the, the furnishings of the tabernacle. They anointed the priests. Uh, the oil was poured on the head. There was a special anointing oil. And by the way, there was a curse on anyone else using that anointing oil for any personal use at all. It was reserved only for the things that were dedicated unto God, only for the things that were anointed uh, by God. Remember David, uh, Samuel went to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king of Israel. And uh, they went through all the sons and wasn't any of them. He said, don't you have any more children? He said, yeah, we have one. He's out watching the flocks. So they called David in and Samuel took that, uh, that ointment uh, and, and poured it upon him and anointed him king of, of Israel. So uh, Jesus was the one who became a light to lighten all of the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel. In the Old Testament and the New, prophets, priests, and kings were anointed. 
prophets, priests, and kings were set apart unto God. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he was quoting Old Testament scriptures. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He said, I'm the one. I'm the one, Israel, that you've been waiting for. I'm the one who was promised. I'm the one who God said would come and be the last Adam and would be the amen and would be the angel of the Lord. I am the anointed one. In Acts chapter 4, verse 27, for of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, God anointed his son. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And Jesus was anointed from the womb at his baptism. He was anointed again. And so, uh, O thou, the anointed one who left thy father's throne to suffer, bleed, and die, and Satan's host defy, a song of worship praise to thee, my Lord, I raise. Jesus is the anointed one. He's the one set apart unto the work of redemption. He's the only one who could die for my sins and for yours. Because you know what? I couldn't die for you because I got sins of my own. It would require a sinless sacrifice. The lamb that was chosen for the Passover lamb was to be holy and without blemish, set aside unto God. Not one that was blind, not one that was lame, not one that had any defect. It was perfect. And there's only been one perfect person who's ever lived. And he is the amen. And he is the angel of the Lord. And he is the anointed one. And he is the last Adam. And he is the one who died on the cross for your sins and for mine, was buried and rose again on the third day. So is he, is he your savior? Is he your amen? Is he, are, are, you, are you so in love with him and what he did for you that you've received and accepted his gift of eternal salvation? You can do that even today right where you're seated. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our Father in heaven, we're so grateful and thankful for the Lord who is the anointed one, for the Lord Jesus Christ who is the angel of the Lord, for the Lord who is our amen. We're so thankful that he gave his life for us, that he took all of my sins, all of the things I've said that I'm ashamed of, all the things I've done that I don't want anyone to know about, all the places I've been I had no business being, he took those things upon himself and became as if he were a sinner. He wasn't, but he became as if he were, taking all my sins upon him and the sins of the rest of this world upon him. And then he died, forsaken by his father even because God the Father cannot look upon sin. And he was placed in a grave and remained there for three days and three nights, and then rose again, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And he's the one in whom I place my faith for everlasting life. And he's the one everyone in this room needs to put their faith in for eternal life. If it's your desire to receive him as your Lord and your Savior, would you pray something like this? Just 
Pray this to God. Pray, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've fallen so far short of what I should do and what I should be. I know I'm guilty beyond a shadow of a doubt. But I believe that Jesus is your son, your only begotten son. I believe he died on a cross and was buried. And the disciples lost hope for about 72 hours. And I believe he rose again on the third day. Today, God, I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for me. Please forgive me of my sins. Please come into my life and be my Savior. Change me. Make of me a new creature. I pray in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, if you just prayed that prayer, you meant it with all your heart. Would you lift your hand and hold it up as a testimony? Preacher, I prayed that prayer and I meant it with all my heart. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Anyone else besides these? Anyone else? Father, I'm so grateful, so thankful for the fact that you love us this much, that you would give up your son for us. And I pray your blessings upon these who have prayed that prayer just today even. That they would understand that these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that we may know that we have eternal life. We can know it because of what he did for us. And he secured it. It's not dependent on us. It's dependent solely upon him. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. Those who are going to be baptized, I'm going to ask you to go right through this door over here. My wife will meet you back there and get ready for the baptismal service. The rest of us, as we stand, will sing a verse or two of invitation. And if there's something that you would like to pray about, something you need help with, something you need encouragement about, something we can do for you, I'll be down here. Rachel's in the very back, ladies. Hope is over here, ladies also. Dan's over here. Uh, just make your way to one of us. And we'll help you with whatever it is we, you need as we, as we sing together. Come on.
just instruments continue to play for a moment. It's always a privilege to be able to baptize those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. And I'm quick to point out, it's not the water that washes away our sins. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away our sins. And once we make that profession of faith in him, it's important to follow him in believer's baptism. We're going to ask, first of all, Shane. Shane, is it Shane Tobby? All right, Shane. Step up here. You see you right there. Shane, I'm so excited to be able to baptize you. I want to ask you something. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you trusting him and him alone for everlasting life? Because of that profession of faith, then it's my privilege to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death and raised again in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. God bless you. All right, my friend. Next, we have Katie Gross. Katie, I understand at Awakened Church, you received Christ as your personal Savior, and that was about last December or so, something like that, and you're trusting him as your Lord and your master? All right, because of that profession of faith, and I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised again in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. Amen. God bless you. All right. Mason Holmes. Mason, are you also trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I am. Trusting him and him alone for everlasting life? Yes. Because of your profession of faith, then it's a privilege to baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death and raised again in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. Amen. Amen. All right. 
And this was Liz Holmes. There you go. By the way, the heater didn't actually do what it was supposed to do very well, so <laughs> the emotion you hear from some of the people I'm baptizing is the shock of stepping into water that's not exactly as warm as we would like for it to be. So I will not be talking any longer, but have you put your, Liz, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because of your profession of faith, and I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, raised again in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. Amen. Amen. God bless you. All right, anytime you want to be baptized, let me know. We'll do it again. We'll try to get the heater to cooperate a little bit better. I think we need to look into getting a new one. The last couple of times, it's been a little... Mm. I sacrificed myself and get my arms in that cold water for the, the sake of the gospel. Our Father, we thank you so much for these who followed you in believers' baptism. Lord, may this be a special day in their lives. May it be something they always remember not only when they received Christ as their Savior, but then when they got baptized, they made that public profession and following you, I pray, would be their goal. Bless us, we pray. Go with us today. And Lord, thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said what? Amen. Amen. May God bless you and have a good rest of the Lord's day.